In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. About five hours ago, probably seven hours ago, um, we have five new saints in the church, as you know. John Henry Newman is one of them. He once wrote, Hard as it is to believe, miracles certainly do not make men better. The history of Israel proves it. Now, we know as we read sacred scriptures, because you do, I'm going to drop my glasses now, you do read sacred scripture, right? Glasses are going back up. We know that our Lord doesn't do miracles merely to provide physical comfort. He, he allows miracles to happen when they are going to promote the salvation of the recipient and others. So they're very deliberate. They are meant to help people. They are meant to make people holier. But the mere fact of a miracle doesn't mean that someone's become holier. The mere fact that a miracle happened doesn't mean that someone is favored. It doesn't mean that you are more special. I mean, you might be, but the miracle isn't the proof of it. Compare that to sacraments. This will be a short thought, and I think it's one that will linger with you for, for some time. The fact that a miracle happens is an outside fact. Even if no one recognizes it, it happened. Even if it doesn't benefit the person who received it, it happened. Sacraments are far more mysterious and more powerful, more beautiful. Because the sacrament does not happen unless the person who would be receiving it believes in it and permits them to to be sanctified by it. There are two glaring exceptions, which are the most common sacraments that we observe, but not because they are categorically different, but because the recipient is unqualified to be Resistant to the power of God. An infant being baptized. We don't even think, because we are Roman Catholics of this era, we don't think of the controversy of can you baptize infants? Of course you can baptize infants because they pose no obstacle to the grace of God. Maybe we have that thought in our head that's beautiful. Because we shouldn't think of baptism as a birth ritual or something magic 
when we see the baptisms of adults, as we had one yesterday, beautifully, it's all the more clear that this person, in order to receive baptism, not only has to believe that Christ is God and rose from the dead and believe the, and believe the teachings of the church, also must be repentant for all sins of the entirety of one's life until that point in order for the baptism to be valid. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how much water or how glorious the ritual, there's no sacrament. It doesn't matter how big the wedding is, how beautiful the, the, the ritual and the, 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 what do you call it afterwards, the wedding reception and the honeymoon. It doesn't matter how glorious it is. If those two aren't actually exchanging vows irrevocably, to a, a, a life of surrender to each other, ordered for the possibility of offspring. There's no marriage. It's not as though a marriage happened, but they just missed out on it. No, there's no marriage. There's no sacrament. The sacrament never happened. We see this, well, priest hear of this happening, and you know of it happening, but we don't see it in the confessional when people go and they're not sorry for their sins or they want to confess future sins. doesn't matter how intently the priest says the words of absolution. If the person isn't repentant, there's no sacrament. It's not like um, the priest is the magician who makes a miracle happen and hopefully you benefit from it. God ordains his power to be wielded such that the recipient must be involved in order for it to even happen. He created you without your being involved in the thought process. You aren't you aren't saved without being involved in the decision. Now, the other obvious and, and, and stunning example, which is just humbling for a priest to consider, is the most blessed sacrament, the one sacrament where it's not a sacramental grace, which is created by God, that is imparted through the sacrament so as to prepare the soul for the indwelling of the Holy Trinity, in the most blessed sacrament, we actually receive God himself. And that happens. Like all the other sacraments, the minister has to have the intention of doing what the church intends. The recipient is bread and wine that become our Lord's body and blood. That sacrament happens, period. And so is the one sacrament that we, especially priests, concern ourselves to protect from sacrilege, because it happens. In other instances, 
in so many other instances, the sacrament doesn't even happen. It's not as though the sacrament happened and people mistreated it. No, here from the altar, our Lord comes, and like the, the historical fact of his incarnation and his birth of the Blessed Virgin Mary, he is in the world. And it is possible that he would be killed. It is possible that he would be desecrated. And so in that one instance, and this is where we have, uh, each of us has a, a different kind of cross to carry. Our Lord in the most blessed sacrament is given to you. And that is a fact. And our Lord is inside of you. You have to decide for that to be salutary or not. You have to be involved for that to sanctify you. Without faith and without charity, and obviously without being in the state of grace, you you do a bad thing, not a good thing, by approaching our Lord and asking him, taking him. The sacrament that we call the most blessed sacrament is supposed to make us holy. But, like miracles of our Lord, it doesn't necessarily. Priests who receive Holy Communion every day are supposed to become holy. Not all do. So whether it be in those, those acts of God that happen no matter what, or in those acts of God that will happen, but only if you choose to permit it to happen... Our Lord's power is an awesome thing, never to be taken for granted. So we ask the Lord to make us more attentive to the power of His grace, to make us more reverent, to recognize our own dignity and the, and the dignity of every human being who has been given a say in the workings of God. And we pray for all of, all of humanity that is so close to heaven, so close to our Lord in the most blessed sacrament, so close to any Catholic church and altar, and yet doesn't know it, doesn't seem to benefit from it. 
let alone the many people who used to know and used to benefit from our Lord being incarnate and sacramental. And we pray for all those who have fallen away and for all those who, who are attempting to degrade the, the faith of others and, and destroy the church. And we pray that their efforts may not only be futile, but might be met with direct response. And that good souls act with prudence and courage in destroying their false temples or removing them from the presence of our Lord in his sanctuaries throughout the world. St. John Henry Newman, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.